Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right, 50% off, half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. This is your host, Matt Collins, and as always, I am joined by Brian Joyner. Brian, it is our final full week of spring training. How are you? I'm very excited to be done with this. Though, as we said early in the March, it has been much better than any other March simply by existing i was just going to bring that up because we were talking in that same discussion we were saying how we were going to be over it and i am entirely over spring training at this point i just i cannot pretend to care 
anymore about these games. I just want it to be over. I am not like that, though I do have to say that the modified schedule uh, due to COVID where we're playing the same teams nine times. That is not is helping a little, matters. It is not helping matters at all. But I get it. I get it. I wish one of the teams wasn't in the division because that just really we're already well, going to play the Rays 19 times. So There's also like strategy concerns there. The Red Sox are um, not throwing Nick Pavetta in his normal day. They're keeping him back for like a some I don't know they have like B games he has a he's pitching a B game against the Twins because he's already faced the Rays a couple times that they don't want him to face him again. Well, in fairness, Nick Pavetta in a B game is probably more representative <laughs> of Nick Pavetta than him facing the Rays. Sorry, Nick Pavetta and Matthew Corey. Yeah, you heard me. Nick Pavetta's been pretty good. I'll give him that. But yeah, I'm not, Except for the I'm not exactly a Nick Pavetta believer, so you don't get any argument for me. Yeah. Uh, Good thing about today, though, is out-of-the-park baseball came on today, so I am pretty excited about that. You know, I tried that last year uh, for the first time, and last year is hardly representative of any other year of my or anybody's life who's still alive. But I couldn't, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, Maybe maybe I'll try it It's not for everyone. Um, My brother used to play a little bit, but now he doesn't really like it anymore. Um yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. I don't have any other video games or anything, so that's pretty much all I have. Um, but this is not sponsored by Out of the Park, but no. I do well, give it Tim, my full endorsement. Tim Marchman, the former Deadspin editor, uh, I asked him, the reason I bought Out of the Park is I asked him on Twitter, I said, would I like it? He's like, well, would you like crack? I mean, you would. <laughs> Turns good, out I don't like crack as much yeah, well. as I thought I would. <laughs> but I'm more into dynasty baseball than you are, I believe. So that's my fill. Yeah, I don't play any fantasy this year. This is my first year. Yes, I like know. Yes, I know. You left. You left my league, so I'm aware. I did. It's not the only league I left. It makes me feel any better. Uh, but anyways, people don't care about this. Um, hopefully, people care about the rest of the stuff we have to talk about. Um, we don't really have any news to talk about because, like I said, we're in the dog days of March. Um, in which nothing is really happening. Red Sox roster projection stuff is pretty boring. There's one spot in the bullpen that's semi-interesting, but other than that, there's not really anything to talk about. So we're going to go right into the crux of the episode where we're going to look at some of the Zips projections. Um, There's a million projection systems out there. I've always been partial to Zips. Um, Part of that is because they do player comps, um, which... I'm not going to talk about today, and they don't really mean anything, but they're always kind of fun. Um, I don't really remember any from this year, except Xander Pogratz had a comp to Alan Trammell, which is a pretty good one, and Rafael Devers got Ryan Zimmerman, which is another pretty good one. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like the player comps. But anyways, we're going to do some uh, some over-unders on these Zips projections for a bunch of Red Sox players. Um, and we're going to start with... J.D. Martinez, um, I think J.D. Martinez is the most interesting hitter on the team in terms of what his performance could be, and we're going to do home runs. Zips has J.D. projected for 27 home runs. Are you over or under that? So, just a spoiler alert, with the 
over-unders that are totals rather than rate stats, I'm probably going under. And I'm going under for J.D. Martinez. Not because I don't think he could hit 27 home runs. He could hit 35 without a problem. But if he has any problems himself, if he's hurt for a little bit, he'd go under. And I think that that is more likely than him staying healthy and rebounding to the best of his potential. But I'm curious as to what you have to say. I say over. Um, I actually don't really feel like I have to think too hard about this, to be honest. Um, The injury thing does scare me. I've always kind of been scared of him with injuries. Um, The back problems a couple years ago, it's just back problems are not the type of thing that go away. So that definitely scares me. But on the other hand, he was healthy all last year. He just wasn't good. I'm not really too concerned about his performance. Um, There's a little kernel in my brain that's concerned, but mostly I'm okay. Um, He's just, he's always blown by this number. He had 36 in 2019, 43 in 2018. In 2017, he had 45 home runs in 119 games, which is outrageous. Uh, 2016, he had 22 home runs in 120 games. Uh, So he's always, the year before he had 38 home runs, he's always been like well ahead of this pace for the last almost decade. Um, The injuries, like I said, do scare me. The performance last year scares me a little bit. The dead in baseball, I guess. The the dead in baseball really doesn't scare me that much. If J.D. Martinez is J.D. Martinez, he can hit anything a mile. Um, I don't really think the baseball is going to affect somebody like him. That will affect somebody like Christian Vasquez a little more. But I guess really the short answer is unless he gets hurt, I don't really see any way he doesn't blow by the 27 number. All right, so let me ask you a, a follow-up question. Why do you think the number is so low? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I am not um, smart enough for any of this projection stuff. Um, I will say Zips does project him for fewer games than the other projection systems. They have him at 134 games. Um, most of the other projections have him around 150 and they have him around 30 to 35 home runs. Uh, but they also have his whole, Zips has his whole performance lower than everybody else. I'm guessing they put a heavier weight on the more recent number. Um, and obviously JD Martinez was not very good last year. I just, I feel like the circumstances for him specifically without the video and given how important important that is to him as a hitter I feel like that's the kind of thing that obviously a projection system can't know so with something like that I have a tendency to think that they're going to be lower um yeah so I mean to me, like I said to me it's just the the injury his back history the fact that he's going to turn 34 late in the summer that stuff scares me a little but not enough to not enough to take the under on 27. It's interesting because I think that when, I, when I'm taking the under on 27, I mean, you taking the over seems very clearly that you're going like anywhere from a little to way over. Whereas I, I'm pretty confident taking the under, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't 
say it would be too much under that. I think that um, barring some sort of disaster, we'd be looking at 25 or 26. Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like he doesn't, like, he can, I feel like he can get hurt. He can miss, like, three to four weeks and still get to 27. Well, I mean, I do think that the games played per zips, per what you said, seems more in line with, I mean, doing 134 lineup, seems fair. It seems about right. So, but as you said, he's averaged 30 to 35 in, in 134. But I'm just a pessimist, so I think that <laughs> he's going to go under. Really? I just, um, let's just looking at his numbers. This really has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But that 2017 season before he came to Boston was just so ridiculous. 45 home runs in 119 games. Just should not be possible. Yeah, no, he was he was basically the best hitter in the league. Uh, oh, or well, he got traded to Arizona. He had yeah, he had twenty nine home runs in sixty two games with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> That's like Bonds. That's Bondsian. Yeah, that was that was pretty great. All right, let's move off from that one. So you went under, I went over, um, and we'll move to Xander Bogarts. And uh, for this one, we're going to go with War. Zips projects Bogarts for 4.1 War. I would love to go under per what I just said uh, on sort of accumulation stats, but I'm going to go over on this because Xander Bogarts is the best player on the Red Sox. And if he plays the full season, I think he's going over 4.1 War. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I should caveat this and say I guess we're using Fangraphs War, um, just because. Well, for using defensive, zips. yeah, um, the zips is technically independent, but that's a right. discussion we don't need to get into. But anyways, because uh, baseball, I only say that because Baseball Reference, um, I believe, really knocks his defense to a greater extent than Fangraphs, and I feel like that's that's the thing that could knock him, and the shoulder injury is probably not going to help his defense much. Um, a little concerned about him. The shoulder may be affecting his power a little bit earlier in the year, uh, but he blasted a home run like full five hours before we're talking right now, so uh, that, that brought my fears down a little bit. I think I have to go over... Um, He's a shortstop who hits like a top 20 hitter in baseball. Even if the defense isn't that good, I think the defense is around average, and I think Fangrass usually gives him. Uh, definitely doesn't grade him negatively because of his position. So it's it would really just be an injury that would keep him below four. Um, and he's been... He was 4.9 in 2018, 6.8 in 2019. That's so good. And uh, he w- he was at 1.9 last year. Obviously, it was like a third of a season. Um, so that projects out to be well over 4.1. He's just been so much better than that pretty much his entire career, too. I mean, he's only had, going back to 2015, he's only had one season below 4.1. Uh, so it's kind of hard to see that going down. Um so yeah, I think that has to be over. I think with the sample size of 
two uh, entries we've done so far, we see a lot of regression baked into these. And while the J.D. Martinez, I mean, and I mean just like general regression, you could see it with J.D. Martinez with Xander. I mean, I can see how he'd be under 4.1 war, but I just don't. Um, if he, barring injury, I don't. Uh, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, it seems, if he, yeah, if he stays healthy, that seems like a bottom 30% outcome for him. I mean, he's just, he's just so steady offensively, and you really, if you're playing shortstop and you're hitting like that, you really have to, like, go out of your way to be that bad um, defensively to get below four, so... Yeah, that one, that one seems pretty easy to me. We are in agreement there. Um, we'll move on now to the other guy on the left side of the infield. Um, we will not talk about war with Rafael Devers because who the hell knows what's going on with his defense. Uh, but offensively, he's projected for a 123 OPS+. Plus. Are you going over or under on that? Over. I'm going over because the boy hits. And the boy just hits. And... Uh, If you're going to bet on something, I'm going to bet on him hitting. And uh, it's easy. He, I mean, he could easily fall beneath it, but he's still really young, and he's very, very good. It's not any more complicated than that for me. Yeah. I agree. No, you don't. I can tell. But I'm... No, I'm trying to... I do agree. I just... I wish... I wasn't going over on all of these but i think there is an argument to be made that he will be under he's only been i'm looking at wrc plus which is a different step but they're close enough um he's only been over 123 once in his career um he was at 109 last year he was at 90 in 2018 which is significantly worse and he was at 133 in 2019 um, and 110 when he first came up in 2017. So he's mostly been under that mark. He doesn't walk a lot, and he's walking less and less as he gets older. That puts a lot of pressure on him making good contact, but the thing is he that's what he does. I mean, that is what Raphael Devers does. Um, because he's so young, because the talent is there, I I have to go over and plus, I mean, last year's numbers are down, but that was... Devers is, like, a notoriously slow starter. I don't know what it is, uh, but his first few weeks have... I mean, his career's been pretty short, but in the few years that we have, his first few weeks, he's always started slow, and then last year, obviously, he didn't have... He had a month to make up for that. This year, he has five months to make up for that, so... I, I'll go over, but I think... I think it's worth pointing out on fan graphs... All of the projection systems have him under 123. Um, again, that's WRC+, plus, which is different than OPS+, plus, but it's a close enough measure that that's significant. But I'll, I'll go over because I think those are putting too much weight on a 2020 season where he just didn't have the time to bounce back from a slow start. So this is our homer call. I think this is our homer call. I don't think it is a homer call. I think if you asked... I think if you polled people around baseball, I think most people would take the over. I mean, just he's the kind of guy where you just like go 
like old man yelling at Cloud and be like, I don't care what the numbers say. Like just watch watch the guy hit and tell me he's not one of the best thirty or so hitters in baseball. Um There's plenty of other issues to have with the rest of his game, but just offensively the way he makes contact, it's just it's hard not to see him being in that tier. It just doesn't make sense. So Plus maybe plus plus uh I'm looking at the list here and we have a bunch we got a bunch of unders coming up, so it, don't worry about going over here. <laughs> I wasn't actually that worried about it, but um, thank you. Uh, this one, an under, would actually be good. Yeah, uh, this that's not one. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to uh, Bobby Dalbeck. And if we're talking about Bobby Dalbeck, uh, there's only two things we can really be talking about. That's home runs or strikeouts. I went with strikeouts, and uh, Zips has him at about a 39% strikeout rate. Uh, where are you on that one? I mean, that's a lot. Um, he struck out 42% of the time last year. Yeah, I'm going over <laughs> because I don't think that he's discouraged from uh, his game. I think that he is he is what he is, and he's going to lean into it. Um, I can't believe that the over-under is that high. But part of me just thinks if the over-under is that high, the baseline is so egregiously high that to overcome it, he would have to be a different player than he is. And he's the player that he is, not a different one. Yeah, 39% is high. Um, it is the highest of any of the projection systems. This is the lowest on him just overall offensively. But I'm struggling with this one. I mean, it's really high. If you went under... It is really high. If you got 38%, it wouldn't be like he yeah. didn't strike out a lot. Yeah, that... Well, that's... The thing is, if he's at 39%, he's not playing every day. Um, and he's he might even get sent down. Um, I feel like he's got to be at like 30, 35% feels like what he should be aiming for, which is still a lot of strikeouts, but um, he can survive. He can keep his head above water and be like an average hitter at like 35%. I, I got to go under just because I see him. I feel like he's going to be the first baseman all year. And I don't think that's a compatible belief with also thinking he's going to strike out over 39% of the time. Um, but he struck out a lot last smart year. smart money. I think you have the smart money, frankly. I don't have, I don't have any money. I don't know. It's smart okay, or dumb. There, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you have to go under. But, man, he struck out 42% of the time last year. He strikes out a lot. I'm talking myself out of it. But no, I think that's I think that's under. Um, I do think a that lot it, of strikeouts. Yeah, and I think that lineup. to to this end, this this could be a defining year for him based on how how this goes. Because the, is he going to be more like uh, this is a crude analogy, but like a a, Chav- a Chavis type, or more of a, a potential and this strictly potential case of minor league or a Cassis type who I think that. Cassis is generally considered a better hitter at 
than Dahlbeck. Yeah, Casas will make more con. Casas, mm. I pretty feel pretty strongly about him being a better hitter than Bobby Dahlbeck. Right. So I, I think that with Dahlbeck this year, like, are you in the middle of that, or are you closer to one of the two? Yeah, he's. What happens with him after the season is going to be really interesting. Um, with Casas knocking on the door, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in some trade talks, especially yeah. if he has a good year. They could flip him for something nice, but um, who knows? Maybe Devers will be bad defensively. Dalbeck will move over to third. I um, don't think that's happening. I don't think it's happening either, but I don't think it's a non-zero chance. All right, let's move to um, let's move behind the plate. We'll go to Christian Vasquez. Christian Vasquez, we're going with OBP. Zips has him at a 315 OBP. I'm going to go over, not not by a lot, but I'm just going to bank on the uh, slow development of catcher hitting skills. I know he's been up and down, but OBP should be the area where if you have career-long improvement, you'd be able to show it. And 315 is not an especially high number to hit. Uh, regardless of what he's done in the past, I, I think that that is a, an attainable uh, goal that uh, I'm going to call over on that. This was, I think, one of the hardest ones on here. It seems, like, perfect to me. Um He's been over 315 in three of the last four years. He was 344 last year, which is obviously significantly over. He's 320 the year before that, um, which is just barely there. Um, I think last year he walked more than he ever has. I kind of see that coming back down. I'm going to go under. I I don't think it will be by much. I still think he'll be a good hitting catcher he can have like a 310 obp and still have like a 95 wrc plus ish which is very very good for a catcher especially one who defends like him i think he's gonna walk less than last year he also had a 341 babbitt last year um which just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen especially the dead and ball um might turn a couple of his home runs into flyouts uh which doesn't help matters I think, yeah, I just, I think he's going to take a little bit of a step back from where he's been the last couple of years. But like you said, I mean, he's been steadily climbing up uh, the last couple of years. And we talked about it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but it's basically the same kind of trajectory. Um, or a sim- I shouldn't say the same. It, a similar trajectory to that of Yadier Molina and... Part of me really doesn't feel good about betting against Christian Vasquez. He's just, he's just keeps doing it, but I don't know. It just, I feel like he, too many things went right for him last year. And then the year before he was at 320 and that was in 2019 with that baseball. I feel like the new baseball can knock him down six points and then he's under. Um, so I think he'll still be good for a catcher, but I'll take the under on the 315. Out of all the numbers that we're doing, this this one seems the most like 
can I just pick 315 on the Yeah, it does. And it's like, it's a three. Like, this is the, OBP is like the hardest one to just nail perfectly too, but it feels like, it feels like that one's perfect. Um, all right, let's move out to the outfield with Alex Verdugo. Uh, Alex Verdugo, we're going to do some power numbers here. Uh, he's projected by Zips for a 161 isolated power. Um, anyone who does not know what isolated power is, it's just slugging percentage minus batting average. Um, but yeah, 161. I'm going to let you go first. All right. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Oh, this is another hard one. I'll go over... He's been over the last two years. The dead in baseball definitely scares me a little bit. Um, but I feel like Verdugo, his power production isn't really going to be home run production. He'll hit like 15 or so home runs, and that's fine. But I feel like he can get over the top if he can drive gaps at Fenway and drive balls into the corner right field corner at Fenway and go the other way off the monster. I feel like he can be a huge doubles hitter, kind of like what exactly what I was always expecting from Andrew Benintendi to be um, kind of that mid teens home run guy, but then hit like 40 doubles every season with a few triples mixed in there. Um, I kind of see that as Verdugo. That's not going to be a huge ISO number. He's not going to be like a 250 guy like JD Martinez. But I think I can see him up to like 170, 175 just on the back of taking advantage. He's a lefty with good contact skills and good athleticism at Fenway. Um, that is that should be a perfect formula for just spraying extra base hits all over the field. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. That that's that dovetails with my instincts i had to go first because i wasn't quite sure but but no that i mean that may, that makes perfect sense and uh it is incredibly amusing to me that he is exactly the player that we wanted ben intendi to be or uh envisioned him being maybe, maybe we always knew vertigo had a little bit more power but uh i'll i will go over as well just because i i can just see the doubles off the wall and uh, as you're saying, the, you know, there, a lot of Red Sox historically have put up insane doubles numbers. Um, Devers a couple of years ago was that guy. Yeah, just like 90 extra base hits or something crazy like that. I think John Valentin had like 50 doubles. In a year. Uh, I, John I, Valentin was my first favorite player. Oh, my God. What, what a guy. Um, so, yeah. I have his autograph Nice. I got his autograph and uh, Mo Vaughn's autograph. I have Mo Vaughn's autograph. Called. I just I just unearthed it. I got Mike Boddicker's odd autograph at uh, <laughs> Mike Boddicker baseball camp, but now we're getting off topic. <laughs> I was never a big autograph guy anyways. Um, last autograph I got was from Jay Gibbons of Baltimore Orioles fame. And then I was like, what am I doing with my life here? All right, enough autograph talk. Uh, let's move on to your guy, your favorite player, Franchi Cordero. Uh, we're going back to OBP on this one. Uh, Zips has him projected for a 299. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. OBP. I want to point out that on the sheet you sent me, this says Francie Cordero. <laughs> So I got very, a new keyboard yesterday, and it's all it's messing with me. I'm man, making a the lot keyboard of chronicles. Um, but given that he's fancy and uh, less warlike, I'm going to go uh, under 299 OBP because, as much as I like him, I I just don't believe um, it comes. I, I think it's just it's all power, and like literally all power. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. But it's not really. It's not really because I like Franchi Cordero as a player. Um, it's sort of wishful thinking. Well, this is but Francie. I think this is Francie Cordero. Francie Cordero. Um, I feel like before too long, he will be in a semi platoon. He will get a lot of favorable favorable matchups i don't think you're going to see him facing any lefties before too long whether that's because jaron duran comes up earlier than i might think um and closer to where you might think or they just stick with marlon gonzalez playing in the outfield uh, a lot more than we may think i just think cordero's not going to be put in a position where he's going to be facing any lefties he'll probably get days off against a lot of the tough righties the garrett cole kind of players um, so I think I don't, even then, I don't think he's going to be, um, too far over 299, but I think getting him in those favorable matchups can get him up to like the Vasquez 315 line. Uh, but it's also over like, I can see, I'll see, I see him getting like 300 plate appearances. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, obviously the more they control his bats to be against people who he's better against. That, that would help. Um, but I, uh, I'm i still going to go under. So if, he's, if he does play nearly every day, I think he will be. Oh, actually, if he plays nearly every day, that probably means he's hitting pretty well, and he'll go over. I'm probably thinking about this completely backwards now that no, I no, no, more I, than five seconds of thought into no, it. No, you just, you just you, you cut off all my angles, and, in fact. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I, I don't really have any – reason to think he wouldn't uh except for the the only thing is if it's just not good and then he doesn't play and then that would explain it it also kind of depends on hunter Enfro, who we're also going to talk about right now but um they really only need one of those guys to be good yeah I did, I have, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen no it's a 
I it's a pretty decent chance that they are both kind of bad. But if I if I'm betting on one of them, I'm betting on Renfro, um, just because I've seen him be good in the majors before. I have not seen that from Franchi, Franci. Uh, but speaking of Renfro, we're going with home runs on Renfro, uh, 26. Under? Are you kidding me? Under, especially if he's going to be a platoon player. Um, and if he goes over, great, he proved me wrong. But come on now, especially if they did in the baseball. It's Hunter Renfro. I know this is all he does. I'm aware. I've seen projections <laughs> where he hits above. But... I'm just I'm just not hearing it. I'm going under. My first instinct was under, but I think I'll go over. Um I think at least You can't have a second instinct. You can only have a first. I didn't say I had a second instinct. You I said, said I had a, a you first, said my first instinct. instinct. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you got me. Alright. Well, anyways, uh his three not last year obviously doesn't count. Um the three years before last year he hit 33, 26, and 26. Um, those are all in San Diego, which is not exactly a hitter's haven. I think it really does kind of come down to that playing time. I am I think it's much more likely that he plays more than Cordero, um, both because I think he's a better hitter and also because I think he's a better defensive player. Um the Red Sox to start the season only have, assuming Cordero is out to start, which is not um, not a certainty yet, but I still kind of feel like it's going to happen. Uh, assuming he's out, that means they only really have two real outfielders, if we're not counting Marvin Gonzalez as one on the roster. Uh, one of those is Renfro. I feel like he's going to play enough. If he gets like 450 plate appearances, I think he could hit 26 home runs. He's another guy where... The dead in baseball, I don't think the dead in baseball is going to affect guys like Martinez and Renfro or Cordero. I mean, the guys with massive power are going to hit home runs. They, they can hit a home run with any baseball. Um, so I think unless he, like, totally tanks in April and they have to, like, audible and Duran comes up and he's playing every day and Gonzalez or Cordero is playing every day and left and Renfro's only hitting against lefties, obviously that changes things. But I think he's going to be able to keep his head above water enough to get 26 seems like a pretty good number, but I'll go slightly over. Why do you love Hunter Renfro so much? Um, no, I, I, I you, make, you, you make you make good points, um, but I I kind of just don't like that the Red Sox have him. So I, um, I, I mean, I don't. If he hits over 26 home runs, I'll be happy that they have him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I've I don't know if it's just me desperate for something to hang on to here with this team, but I continue to talk myself into Hunter Renfro much more than I had ever anticipated myself doing. I mean, I think he's a legitimate player. I I really do. I just... He probably shouldn't be starting for a decent team. He should be a... He should be a fourth outfielder who plays a little more than a typical fourth outfielder. But I mean, as you said, he had all those home runs in San Diego over X number of years, and the Red Sox are sort of in the same position that San Diego was in those years. He was so. still a below-average hitter in two of those three years, though, even yeah. with all the home runs in a in a pitcher's park. So well, that tells he, you about the rest of his offensive game. And he's going to be a below-average hitter this year again, too. But it's just a matter of how many of those home runs go over the, over the wall. 
Imhove. All right. Imhove. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the pitching side. I think this one's probably the easiest one. Um, I assume you've, we're probably on the same page here. Zips has Chris Sale at uh, 121 innings. Are they counting MOB the show innings? That he, <laughs> it's, that he plays? That's way too high. That he plays? I really only included this one because I'm curious. We're both going under on this one. I'm of course. more curious what range you are thinking. Like 80, you know? Yeah. Like 121 just seems best case scenario. It, unlike every other projection that I've seen on here, this seems like. We're just going with the best case scenario. We're just going to roll with it. Um, he'd have to be back. I'm trying to think of when he'd have to be back for that. That would be like mid June at the latest. Yeah. I mean, it's just not a lot of time um, yeah, on top of everything else. And that also assumes that he comes back. Nothing goes wrong when he comes back. Yeah. Nothing goes wrong when he comes back. He goes straight into the rotation and he's pitching five innings at least every time. And that's just not going to happen. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. That's wildly. Just, I think 80. I'd probably take the under on 82. Um, but that's, that seems about right. I think, I think it totally depends on where they are in the race. Um, when he comes back, I think we have a question on this later that we can get to, but, um, if they're like in legitimate playoff contention in early July, I can see him coming back. And then at that point, I think 80, um, seems totally feasible, but if they're out of it by the end of June, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of coast with them until August and then have him pitch out of the bullpen and then make a couple four inning starts in September and then call it a year. Um, but yeah, one twenty one is way truly more likely than what one twenty one. <laughs> like it's just not even in the same universe. It's so weird. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what was going on with that projection. Uh, all right, let's move on to guys that are actually healthy right now. Um, one of which, thankfully, is Eduardo Rodriguez. And Zips has him at a four two three ERA. I'm going under. I believe. I believe that. Uh, you know, this is the. I know we all know what he's returning from. We all know his history, but the man is talented and right in the prime of his career. Um, so I am going to go under. Yeah, I'm going under too. I'm confused. This projection really isn't out of line with the other, with the other projections, um, which surprises me because he's, he hasn't been four twenty three would be his highest ERA since twenty sixteen. I'm guessing they are looking at the fact that he didn't pitch in twenty twenty, and then that's counting against him uh, by the computer systems. Obviously, I'm not counting against him like that. I'll go a step further. I think he's going to have the best ERA of his career. Um, he had a three eight one in twenty nineteen. I think he'll beat that. I think he'll be like a three five ERA. I am. I at the, I think it's at this point I'm just super excited for him. I'm super excited to watch a good starting pitcher again. I think I'm just kind of getting carried away now. But I think I think he's like I think he's gonna get Cy Young votes. I think he's gonna be that good. I think so, part of it is him proving himself, and he's gonna be a free agent. Um, I don't buy into that a ton, but I buy into it a little bit. Guys kind of go a little bit extra. Um, so yeah, I, I'm taking way under on this. 
Yeah, I don't know if I would go as far as saying he's going to get Cy Young votes, but I do agree with you that he got Cy Young votes in 2019. It wouldn't be the okay. first time. Okay, but I, I... <laughs> no, three, it's probably three, three five ambitious. would be would be amazing. I would say more like three eight, uh, but I definitely. Unless things go horribly wrong, I'm going to go under on this. And part of, I mean, it's kind, it is also kind of hard to talk about ERA without knowing what the baseball is going to be like. A four, a four two three in like 2012 when nobody was hitting anything is a lot different than it was a few years ago when everybody was hitting 50 home runs or 35 home runs or whatever it was. Um, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm taking the way under on that. Um, all right, Martin Perez, inexplicably a fan favorite, and I don't mean that as a slight to Martin Perez because I also very much enjoy Martin Perez, um, but I just I did not see him being such a likable guy, but he is. Um, I went with Babip on this one. I think Babip is the most important stat for um, Perez, and. We got him at a three oh nine Babip on the projection. I mean It's a hard one to predict. It's a hard one to predict, and generally I believe that the average prediction is a little lower, so I'm just gonna go under. Not by a ton, but um I know people are positive on him, so they'd be happy to hear that. I don't think it's gonna be extremely low, but I would say that a 300 BABIP would be in line with what we'd expect from the average pitcher. So let's apply that to him. Sure. Why not? So last year he was at 266. But the three years before that, he was all over um, 309. He got his highest 344 in 2018. Um, but when he signed a couple years ago, or before last season, I should say, uh, the big thing was that he gave up weak contact, and the BABIP that he gave up in Minnesota was unlucky. And he kind of proved that right. My heart says under, because I really want him to do well. But my head says over, because he's always over. And as much as I want him to do well, I am just not very convinced that Martin Perez is a good pitcher. Um,. I just, I just don't really see it. Um, he was, it was nice to have a consistent guy in the rotation last year, but even then he wasn't that good. He had a four five zero ERA, a four eight eight FIP. Um, his strikeout to walk was as bad as it's been in a long time. I just, I don't think he's a very good hitter and I or pitcher, and I think major league hitters can hit him hard, especially over a longer season when they're seeing him more and getting more tape and there's fans in the crowd and there's not a deadly pandemic going on. Hopefully Um, it just, I'm not very confident in Perez. I'm not, to be clear, I'm not confident in Perez either. I just think that there's, a 55% chance it's under 309 and a 45% chance it's above. And it really has nothing to do with him um, or almost nothing to do with him. So I go below. Yeah, but I think I, I buy what you're saying. I think I buy into Babbitt being more affected by him than maybe you do. 
Um, I think some pitchers are just easy to hit, and yeah, he wasn't but, last year. I'll give him credit. He was very difficult to hit last year. I just don't really see that carrying over. Well, you but, gotta you gotta tell Hyam that because <laughs> that was that was one of the big off season moves. That was my least favorite off season move. It was your least favorite off season move. I forgot about that. Um, all right, let's go to a pitcher that I actually do very much like, probably more than most people do. Uh, Zips has him added just barely below average, uh, 101 ERA minus, which means they have him being 1% worse than league average by ERA. Um, so over would be, let me just make sure I have this right in my head. Over would mean that he was worse. Under would mean that he was better. Okay. Well, first of all, you got to say who the player is. Um, Oh, right. I didn't say – we're talking about Nathan Avaldi. Sorry, okay. I didn't realize I didn't say that. Um, so I'm going to go over because I think if our boy is healthy and is out there dealing, he'll easily do it. The problem is that there's just no way to predict if he's going to be healthy and out there doing the thing. So um, you want, you're saying under. You think he's going to be better or worse? Better. I think he's going to be better. So that's under. Okay. So under. All right, because it's it's ERI minus. Okay, yes. Um, So I think he's going to be under that. But literally nothing would surprise me. So there you go. Yeah, I love love Nathan Navaldi. Take everything I said about Perez and flip it. That's me on Evaldi. I think he is so underrated by Red Sox fans. I get I, I get more and more angry every time I see people complain about the contract. Um, that's a whole diatribe for another day. Um, I think he's been here for three years. In two of those three years, he was much better than league average. In the other year, he was much worse. But he was also pitching through an injury for much of that season now <laughs> obviously that is not off the table for this season because Nathan Evaldi is also often pitching through an injury um but I just I've seen him be good for too long to think that he's not going to be better than average the question is how many innings he pitches and for what it's worth Zips has him at 90 which I think would be disappointing but not unrealistic i'm hoping for like 140 out of him zip says him at fewer innings than chris sale chris sale that wouldn't be a totally ridiculous thing by 30 uh, I mean, innings that's crazy that's not <laughs> happening that's not happening the other projections have him between 125 and 135 yes apparently. yes that's that there you go I think, okay, so what it looks like with Sips, and again, I am not a computer guy, but it seems like it's looking at, it's taking into account that 2019, when he came back from the injury, he's pitching out of the bullpen. So it looks like they have some bullpen usage in there, which I don't think is going to happen with Evaldi this year. Yeah, um, I would say not. So, I mean, it could. If he gets hurt again and the same thing happens, it's not out of the question. But, yeah, I think... I think the goal should be 140. If they get 140 out of him, I think they'll be in good shape. With him, at least. They need the other guys to pitch, too. But Yes. Um, including 
Garrett Richards. Nope. Um, actually, I'm nope. skipping over one. <laughs> Including Nick Pavetta is what I meant to say. Uh, Nick Pavetta will be starting the year in the rotation, at least. And I'm going with home runs. Uh, I wrote about this, I don't even know how long ago. Time doesn't exist anymore. But at some point in the offseason, I wrote about him giving up hard contact. That is basically the game for Pavetta, just avoiding home runs and avoiding hard contact. Zips has him at 1.4 home runs per nine. I'm going to go over because he stinks. <laughs> that is a blunt but not unfair assessment. Um, I think you have to go over. I was very tempted to say under, and the only reason I would say under I'm going to say under because I think he's going to be in the bullpen. Because the baseball's dead. Oh, because he's in the bullpen. I think he's going to be in the bullpen by by the end of May. Well, this dovetails Um, with another name on our list coming up uh, pretty pretty one-to-one. The other guy I wouldn't really be too surprised by either. But Pavetta, I think, could actually be pretty good out of the bullpen. He has the fastball slider. He's been very against the idea of him being a reliever. Um, which, fine. I mean, I, I guess it's good to have confidence in yourself, but if he has a really bad April and a really bad beginning to May, and he's still, and they put him in the bullpen and he's still complaining about it, that guy's going to grow the hell up. <laughs> I mean, just be, go be a reliever, throw your 95-mile-an-hour fastball on your slider and be pretty good at it. I mean, I think he could be a pretty good reliever. So I'll go under because I think that's going to happen, but we'll see if he provides a pushback to that because he did not like it when the Phillies did that. Well, I mean, he'll provide a pushback to your under by giving up two home runs per nine. <laughs> That's what he did last year. There Very you go. Sample, but he did do it last year. All right, now we're moving on to Garrett Richards. Who, uh, actually, is that the guy you were talking about? No. No, 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 no. The, the one after. I could actually see what's happening with Garrett Richards. but um, No, but Garrett Richards is going to start in the rotation, so. I mean, obviously he's going to start. I went with strikeouts per nine here. Um, Very clean and even. Nine strikeouts per nine. One strikeout per inning. Over. Garrett Richards. Over. I feel like Garrett Richards' problem, problems with reaching this number have been health-related. And uh, I'm just, because I'm an idiot, I'm going to bet on good health and that he goes over. Um yeah, I'm taking the over. I'm going to go under. Um, he's never really been that big of a strikeout guy, which is weird because I think of him that way. But even like in those Angels days, before his injuries, when he was like looking like one of the best younger pitchers in the game, he was struck out 8.7 in 2014 and... 7.6 in 2015. Um, a couple years more recently, he struck out more, and the game has changed even in the half decade since those years. Um, there's obviously way more strikeouts today. But I think he's coming back from injury. I think his stuff... He'll. I think he'll have games where he strikes out like 10 and in 6 innings, but I think he'll also have games, even good games, where he goes 6 innings and is solid but only strikes out like 2. I think the stuff is going to be a little too inconsistent to get to that 9 per 9 level. Um, 
but it's I, I wouldn't go too too far under, but I'd go somewhere between eight and nine. Why do you hate mustaches? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons to hate mustaches. Yeah, yeah I was gonna um, say don't, don't don't answer that. That'd be, be his his mustache. Long. I actually I actually like his mustache. Actually, I come from a I come from a family of mustaches. I do not have a mustache. Yeah. I have a regular old beard, but um, you have a beard. I have a beard. Nice. I uh, didn't know that. This is. I have a red beard, actually. There you go. All right. Uh, we don't need to talk about my facial hair, though. Uh, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> all right. This is, I'm assuming, the guy you were talking about. This is a big one, yeah. With the, uh, so Tanner Houck, we're actually talking about uh, whether he will be a starter. Um, or I guess both if he will be a starter and how much you will pitch in the majors. Uh, Zips has him at 17 games started. That seems really like high to one. me. I don't know. Really? That, that seems really high to me, given that he's not starting the year in the rotation. Um, because, well, on one hand, you could say all it takes is for a blank member of the rotation to fall out of it and him to get chance, which is more likely than not. Um, if it doesn't happen... I think Andreese would probably get the call before him anyways. But. Well, and there's that too. So I just... I would say under because I just don't think they're in a rush. Um, and... Things would have to go extremely wrong sideways with Pavetta at all um, for that to happen. And the Red Sox certainly have a rotation where things could go sideways due to injury uh, or what have you. But that just seems really aggressive to me. Uh, but I'm guessing you think otherwise. So I go under two, but I don't think it's aggressive. Um, I think 17 is roughly a half season full of starts. Um, so he would basically he would basically have to be called up by late June and then not get sent back down, which I don't think is a crazy scenario. Like I would not, I wouldn't be surprised if he was called up by May and not get sent back down. Um, I think he can be that good. I just don't think he will be that good. Um, I'm really still believing that he's a reliever. Um, I need to see his splitter before I think otherwise. Um, I really would like him to prove me wrong because if he gets that splitter, he is he's really good. Um, he's like a number... He could be like a number three starter um, if that splitter turns up. But I think he's... I've said this before. I think there's a chance he's the closer by the end of the year. I think he's a reliever by the end of the year. So I think, I think he'll be up by... up and in the rotation by Memorial Day and then it's just about... Um, whether or not he sticks in the rotation, which I don't see. But I I don't think it's a crazy projection. Well, if you think he's going to be in the rotation by Memorial Day, you should probably go over. But I think he's going to go to the bullpen All right. um, before the end of the year. That's you're thre- you're I threading think some needles here. I am threading a lot of needles here, but that's – I believe it, I believe, Brian. Um, all right, let's, let's bang these last two out pretty quickly because we're going kind of long here. Uh, Matt Barnes. Of course, I had to throw Matt Barnes in here. Thirteen uh, percent walk rate. I'm going over just to needle you. I'm also going over. Um, 
but not by much. But I think that's thirteen percent seems really on the nose. Um, but he had a thirteen percent in twenty nineteen, and he was very good that year. Um, so I can deal with thirteen percent. That's about the max. But I'll go over and think he'll be a little bit worse. But I'll say most of that's after he gets traded, and he'll be awesome for the Red Sox. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, Adam Montevito, a three six four FIP. I'm going to go over on that too, just based on him being old and regressing. I mean, it's pot- he could easily go under, but I'm just going to take over. Yeah, I'm going to go under. Um, he's pretty much always been better than that, and last season was just all about one bad outing. So I'm going to I'm going to buy into Adovino. Um, I stopped keeping track on these. I guess I never really started, but I felt like I was extremely optimistic for a guy who was not very optimistic about this team. Yeah, I don't know if I intentionally, I mean, I, I wanted to be sort of half and half. I think I ended, ended up that way. Um, so. Yeah, it seems like you were. I think I was definitely more on the optimistic side. All right, let's do some uh, let's do some listener questions here. First one is not a baseball question, but I saw that you liked it. So I did. Oh, yeah, um, I did. This is from Pat. Uh, he is. He took a screenshot of Eric Alper, who, if you're on Twitter, you know him as the ultimate um, engagement farmer. Uh, but the question is, what is your comfort movie? So it's changed a lot, but I think right now it's very clearly Thor Ragnarok, because, um, well, I'm actually not the biggest fan of comic book movies i do like a bunch of the mcu movies and thor ragnarok is not like any other movie i've ever seen because it's better than the other ones and it's very stupid and good to uh clear my mind how about you um i don't really have a comfort movie i'm more of a tv show guy i throw on like sitcoms that i've seen a million times you picked this question how do you not have an answer well okay i was gonna get there I was going to go back to my childhood because when I was a kid, uh, every time I stayed home from school sick, I watched uh, the animated classic Osmosis Jones. I don't know if you've ever seen Osmosis Jones. I haven't. But it is a hell of a movie about a disgusting, I believe it's Bill Murray. It's been a very long time since i see seen it. Uh, but it, you go inside of his body and it's just a bunch of germs fighting each other. Um, I recommend it. It's pretty gross. But yeah, for some reason, my mom let me watch that whenever I was home sick from school. And I've probably seen it maybe more than any other person on earth. Uh, all right. That is that is the non-baseball question here. Uh, the surfing guy asks, is Chavis in triple A or traded by next week? Do you see them any way they trade Chavis? I mean, by next week, no. Um, yeah. I... I Obvious. I mean, the most obvious thing in the world is that Chavis is sort of just half available because at least half available. Um, but I don't see it happening that fast. No, I think the earliest they would trade him is um, the deadline, and even that is probably premature. I mean, if he he's going to start the year in the majors, assuming Cordero's not ready. But he'll probably spend a lot of time in Worcester. I guess if he really goes nuts in Worcester and they don't have a spot for him, I could see him traded at the deadline. But I think a decision with him is probably more likely after the season. Uh, let's see. Existential Judge Dredd uh, has a couple of questions. 
Number one, will Verdugo be adequate defensively in center field? Uh, my answer is it kind of doesn't matter. He's going to be playing there anyway, so. <laughs> I think he'll be more than adequate. I think he'll be good. Um, he will definitely not be Jackie Bradley Jr., but nobody is. Um, yeah, I I have no qualms about him in center field. I think he will be above average. Um, and apparently this one is directed at um, either Jake or Keaton. Apparently one of them prefers Angel Hernandez to Robot Umps. Your thoughts on that? Well, he's much better looking. I'll put it that way. I don't know what that means. Why? I the question I haven't seen the robots. The question says what it, why do you guys prefer Angel Hernandez to Robot yeah, Umps? That's so my, not, the the answer is neither of us said that. Yeah, we well, yeah, we don't know. And those are two people Jake and Keaton, if you're listening, I don't vouch for your crazy Angel Hernandez takes. <laughs> Um, a great big lark also referencing something um, that I'm assuming they said on the other pod because I don't think we talked about this, although I don't really remember anything. I think we did, actually. Um, I, as soon as we finished talking, I don't remember anything. Uh, they are asking, assuming Sale comes back healthy, how close do in the standings of the Red Sox need to be for them to make a trade for a playoff push? think there's a big not applicable on this this one i just don't see i mean this is like assuming you win the lottery what are you going to do with the money um well, sure it's I a just, hypothetical yeah but it's a hypothetical that i just seems I, I, I don't know because I just don't see it happening. I just don't care to think. See, I don't it. think it's as crazy as you do. I would I think it's definitely less than fifty percent. It's not something I'm expecting. But I I think there's a reasonable enough chance that they could be within striking distance at that time that it, what I've thought it make, about it. But what does make a trade for a playoff push? Is that like another Jeff Supon deal? Like who cares? Like it's not gonna do <laughs> Jeff anything. Supon. No, I mean Theo oh, went out there. Going and was way like back, Jeff, with... he really. <laughs> I remember that Jeff Soup, but that that is what that is the deal we'd be talking about. So I just don't care about the deal, even if that did happen. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I don't know. I guess to answer the question, I think if they're within four games, I guess it also depends how many other teams are in front of them too. The Blue Jays just had like 80 injuries today, so I'm, I'm less concerned about the Blue Jays than I was a few hours ago. Hey, I got um, news for you. The Blue Jays will still be ahead of them. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, let's see. I put that same question in there twice. Whoops. Uh, who is the slowest runner on the team? That's a good one. It's got to be JD, right? Oh, yes. Maybe Christian Vasquez. I think it's JD. No, Martinez. it's JD. It's got to be yeah. JD. Uh, Angel Rendon asks, uh, how many home runs will the 2021 Red Sox hit? Uh, a little bit of context. They hit 245 in 2019. I'm going to say 420. 420. I'll say 69. Um, and the last question, uh, with Ryan Brazier out and Valdez struggling, why not go with a four-man bench? Um, because they still need pitchers. I mean... They just need as many bodies as they can. That is why. Yes, um, I, I agree. I do not like the three-man bench just as a baseball fan. I would rather have more position players so you can see pinch hitting and pinch running and 
fun stuff like that. But in the context of a season after a pandemic, it is hard to argue. Uh, after is doing a lot of work there. <laughs> after, oh yeah, that's no, true. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. We should probably end this. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're still listening at this point, uh, if you did enjoy it, uh, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review. Uh, please recommend us to your friends. Uh, we would like as many listens as possible. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at over the monster. Uh, Brian is at Brian Joiner. Uh, Brian with a Y. Joiner with an I. Uh, and you can see all of our writing at overthemonster.com. All right, we will be back next week.